everybody. Welcome back to The Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And this is episode number 151, a number that got most of us through college, despite what the opening splash screen there said. Uh, but, uh, again, 151. Aaron, we are now at the end of the season. Uh, all the games are done. The Sharks have ended where uh, we, we hoped that they wouldn't end uh, this season. Yeah. But... Uh, maybe some things to look forward to we'll talk a little bit about later on in the show here. Um, but let's just wrap up this past week, at least, uh, with, with the games that we've had. Sure. We're going to do a season wrap-up probably next week for you guys. But uh, for now, it'll just kind of be like the uh, the end of the, the season for them. And uh, maybe doing some clips and whatnot here, too. Yes. Sounds so, good. So, so this past week, mm-hmm. uh, we picked up a point. Uh, unfortunately, uh, out of the the three games that we had there, so yeah. uh, the Sharks picking up a loss in uh, Anaheim was a five two loss. You thought this one was a little bit closer than the score indicated, though. It was a little closer. I think it got away from them towards the end, but um, this was actually a makeup game from the December. What was this? The COVID when the whole NHL shut down during Christmas time mm-hmm. because so many teams kept getting COVID and and having players sit out. And if you remember, the Sharks had just gone through. Right before this, uh, six or seven guys were out of their lineup because they kept testing positive. Yeah, and they were the f- kind of the first team that this happened to, and they're like, "Oh, you guys are fine. Just keep playing." And then <laughs> after that, the uh, the league was like, "Oh, you know what? We're going to suspend some games." And then they started yeah. suspending. Them. So this was the last suspended game, which is weird because usually the last home game is the fan appreciation. Yes. And at first, I was like, "Oh, they didn't want to do fan appreciation on an Anaheim game on a Tuesday night." They'd rather do it on a Saturday night, but that's because they had rescheduled this game. So right. they had already originally planned for the fan appreciation for that Saturday before. Right. So that Saturday before that game was the Vegas game, right? That was, that they, I believe, or no. No, I'm blanking on who it was. Anyway, um, it was actually like a very well-attended game, one of the best yeah. attended games for, for the Sharks. Fan appreciation, that usually is, though. Yeah. yeah. The Anaheim game was not. This game. I was gonna say the prospect of getting free stuff always. That's people. true. Yeah, that's absolutely. That's that's how we should bring in more fans is giving away more, more stuff. free stuff. There you go. That's your your uh, winning formula there, uh, Jonathan Becker and company. So uh, that game comes and goes. Whatever. We're not gonna get into this because again, uh, the season's over. We are where we are. So we're just gonna go ahead and zip through it. Five four overtime loss against the Edmonton Oilers. Um, this one, uh, you know. Secretly, you're kind of rooting for them to win just a little bit, you know. I know that we, we didn't want them to gain points there, but um, the whole Kane saga thing, you're kind of hoping that you just get that last little jab in there, but uh, not the case this time around. Yeah, and there was there was a part in this game where Brent Burns just dumped Evander Kane in front of the goal. I don't know if you saw that. I missed it. He was uh, Kane was coming in, and there was a shot like coming from the point, and right before the shot comes, Burns just cross checks him it just like clears him out like and Kane goes flying and hits the ice and looks at the ref like what the heck like that was so it should have been a penalty but the ref was like yeah play on whatever you know I swallow my whistle when it's towards the playoffs so I was like oh, I, I wonder if he was yeah you know talking a little smack there as he did it who knows I don't know if they really got along or didn't get along but it was uh it was clearly a a shot at him um and I don't think it was I don't think it was because it was a random shot. I'll say that. Hey, man, they're all friends. Come on. It's all in good fun. Sure. That's yeah. what it is. Anyway, that was, a, that was a game that you could tell the Sharks were actually trying. Like, they were really going after it, and they had a couple. They had a lead for a couple of times in the mm-hmm. game. So it was going back and forth. It was very... But Edmonton reminds me of the Sharks when they made the playoffs the last time, where, do you remember their defensive woes were... 
covered up with the fact that they were scoring like yes. crazy. Yes. That's Edmonton. Yeah. So Edmonton was down. Their goalie Koskinen played horrendous in this game. Like the goals that he gave up were so bad. And Reimer stood on his head. Like, yeah, Reimer let in yeah. eventually five goals in overtime, but there was a lot of amazing saves that he made. You could just tell that the team really wanted to beat Edmonton. Yeah. And Edmonton also had, like, um, I think since the Christmas break, had the best home record in the league. So, and this was in Edmonton. So it was like, it was a tough game. Yeah. And the Sharks were giving it to him a little bit, and then they ended up losing in overtime. But then it goes into the next game against yes. Seattle, and you could tell they were. <laughs> They had done. Booked, they booked their tea times. They were ready to go. Like, this season's done. Let's get out of here. Apparently, they're not booking tea times. Apparently, they're booking the escape rooms. Yes. That's what they're doing now. Yes. So, uh, they must have had uh, an escape room ready to go. Yeah, did you hear Hurdles? Yeah, I think he said he was 14-2 and two was their final That's record pretty for good. the season. Yeah. That's pretty good. They don't like the Canadian ones. Apparently yeah, yeah. Too hard. <laughs> they said, like, the Wi-Fi. The, the mm-hmm. Canadian Wi-Fi is about as bad as the, uh, or as challenging escape rooms. Yeah, as the yeah. escape rooms are. Anyway, so uh, the Sharks end up pulling a point out of this week, which I don't think really did anything for the standings in terms of where they were. Um, they, they would have tied, I believe, Anaheim. Okay. But I think Anaheim had the tiebreaker to be so lower. We so end up it in didn't the matter. 11th anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess you're, you're pointing out, though, had the Sharks had one less win, they would have gone to ninth. Though. Right. Yeah, one less win, they would have jumped, or Anaheim would have been jumping them in the standings to right. go higher in the standings. And I think it was Detroit was the other one. Sure. That was... Uh, uh, right there with them, or Buffalo, sorry. So the Sharks end up with 77 points, Anaheim had 76, Buffalo had 75, but the Sharks had one less win. Um, they actually have less rows yeah. than yeah. Buffalo, and that Buffalo would have jumped over them with the tiebreaker. So that would have given them two extra picks. Yeah. Or not picks, but two picks earlier. But that's the difference of one win. Yeah. One win. Changes that, and that's why you hear so many people saying, you know, that they want the tank, right? They want people, uh, the the Sharks, to not win for that specific reason. Just one less win in the season gives you two picks. Now, two picks being in the ninth or the eleventh, right. not a huge difference there, right? If so, it was like the second and the fifth pick, oh, that's sure. like a big difference. But yeah, yeah, ninth and eleventh doesn't matter. The the, the main takeaway though, uh, in terms of getting eleventh for me at least. Is that see? There's the the rule with the CBA now that you can only move up ten spots if you win the lottery. So the Sharks being in eleventh as opposed to say twelfth, if they win the lottery, they get the first. As opposed to if they were in twelfth, the highest they can go up would be second overall pick. Mm-hmm. So uh, nice to kind of have that little bit of a safeguard if we're looking for positives here. I don't right. know if we are, yeah. but uh, if that's the case, well, then. The one positive that I saw was that Vegas was the <laughs> best team of the teams that did not make playoffs, which means they have the worst pick going into the draft, which is fantastic. Uh, and, and I want to, because this makes me smile. I want to read this comment. <laughs> Taylor saying, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Uh, yeah, it's, you're right. Absolutely. But I'm going to apply that last part to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, making it to the absolute edge yes. of uh, of making it to yes. the playoffs, but not, and then uh, getting the absolute worst uh, in terms of your pick. There, I'm very curious to see what they're going to do because they are such a reactionary franchise to doing <laughs> things in terms of like firing the coach, firing probably the GM. Then if they fire their GM, then there's going to be competition on who's going to bring in a GM, who's going to bring in a coach if they fired De- uh, DeBoer. Well, DeBoer in Vegas, but. Uh, Bugner here, like you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it's gonna there's gonna be more hats in the ring in terms of needing GMs and coaches and everything else. There was nothing finer, by the way, <laughs> than getting on Twitter 
uh, after Vegas was on the brink, and then after they they couldn't possibly come back to make uh, make playoffs, there was nothing finer than being on Twitter watching Vegas fans just totally lose their minds. Um, everything needs to change. Blow yes. everything up. Yes, you know they're oh, dude. It was it was awesome just watching them just melt down. I love seeing them getting the shiny toy every yeah every free agency every uh, trade deadline and it just not working out. Like they they go out to get the shiny toy to win the free agency and to win the trade deadline. So they're always in you know they're like a drama queen. Like they just want to be in the news all the time. That everyone always talks about them and it's fantastic. Um, Oh, Vegas traded that pick anyway, so I guess it doesn't matter. I guess Buffalo owns it. But oh, still, now I feel bad for Buffalo. <laughs> Not a, well, it's, <laughs> it's better for Buffalo because it's better than the 17th pick, I guess. Fair enough. Yeah. Hey, man, stop ruining my day, okay? <laughs> so Vegas will be sellers. Yeah, probably. Well, they have to be sellers because yeah. they're still they got too many. over the cap. Yeah. Um, assuming those guys come off a long-term. The other thing I'm happy about is the long-term IR thing, um, how Tampa Bay used it with Kucherov last season or two seasons ago and everyone was kind of throwing a big stink about it so Vegas I feel like I was like well we could do that let's do that because then we can bring all those guys back when we make yeah. playoffs well that goes to show why this rule won't change because if you have your best players your most expensive players usually are your best players if they're out and they're on long term IR your team is going to suffer Yeah. so there's no reason to change it there's no reason to amend the rule or to change it around so um, thing will, I, I don't think anything will change from that mm-hmm. I think things will stay as is um, but I'm glad that another team didn't get to utilize it because they would have been playing Colorado in the first round. Now imagine they get all their guys yeah. back and they beat Colorado. I think everyone would throw a stink fit over it. Yeah. So I'm glad it didn't work out. And I'm glad it was Vegas. I, I, again, for me, it's I'm glad it didn't work out for Vegas. Now, yes. if you're going to rain on my parade, uh, Mr. Telling me that they already traded the pick away. Thanks for that. Uh, I was having a great day. I was having a great day. And you just had to give me that piece of information just now. Thanks for nothing. Uh, so, actually, uh, we're going to get... That was Graham that said that, I think, by the way. So uh, right. we're going to get back to you uh, a little bit later on in the show, Graham. Don't go away. Um, so uh, hang out for that. Um, we're going to talk about... What's the next thing we wanted to, to chat about here, though? Because we got a bunch of clips. I know we got a ton of clips, but there's other things to talk about. I think we can jump into... The, the kind of elephant in the room. I think one of the things that most people here know what I'm about to say, and a lot of people are, are interested in what's, what the outcome is going to be. Now, I had said, I think it was months in advance, I don't recall exactly, but I had said I don't see Noah Gregor as a 10-goal scorer. Um, we had a little bet here, although the terms of the bet may be a little bit foggy. I think we've maybe got something figured out. Um, but Noah Gregor ended uh, admirably with 10 goals, Right, the last second to last game scores two goals, twenty six seconds apart to go from six to eight. He tried, he pushed, uh, he hit the glass several times. So um, now we're at the spot where we've got Noah Gregor, end of the season, eight goals. You bet ten. Where do we go from here? What do what do we? My I guess my main question is, what flavor pie do you like? <laughs> uh, none. <laughs> Okay, should we add? Uh, should we ask the people what kind of pie it needs to be? <laughs> First of all, call? are we doing a pie? I don't you know what's do going on. Roll call on. here and ask what could, pie. Roll call, okay. Uh, where are you watching us from? <laughs> Maybe how long you've been a fan of the show, and then what? What? Well, I don't know if it's your favorite flavor or what type of pie should we? I saw in the comments last week someone said just whatever you do, don't get pecan. Pecan, pie. yes, yeah. <laughs> so you good, have any? Smart. You have any nut allergies? I need to know of. Yes, about, so or no nuts. Okay, no nuts. I'm allergic to every single nut. Okay, there you go. No nuts. No, he's not. 
I just want to get pecans in the face. That'll hurt. Yeah, that'll, that'll probably hurt. hurt. Yeah, Ma- macadamia pie is probably going to hurt uh, even more. <laughs> so uh, yeah, let's let's just do that. I guess I guess uh, what kind of what kind of pie should we? I guess this is happening. I don't know. It, it seems kind of lame, but okay, sure, whatever. I'd be okay with just whipped cream. I think just sure. Bam. Keep it simple. Done. Easy. You don't want to ruin a nice pie, do you? Can I change my shirt at least before? Because I don't want to ruin our shirts. <laughs> Well, we're going to have to do it offset. And so. definitely outside. Yeah, not in, and definitely outside. In here. Okay, yeah. well. So anyway, um, that's going to be happening probably next episode, I guess. we got to do it. we got to wrap the whole the whole season up. And what better way to wrap it up than hitting you in the face with a pie? I think I'm going to be sick next week. So yeah, probably. We'll see. All right. Remote. Remote. We'll do a remote. <laughs> remote show. It'll be a digital I'll pie. Give, I'll give the pie to your wife and I'll say go. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> Jason can just digitally put it on there. There you go. And it'll just slide off the screen. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that, that's, that, that did not happen. Now, interestingly, it's not the first, um, no, oh, Minnesota and cow pie. <laughs> oh, Lundy. Well done, Lundy. Uh, <laughs> Gross. Um, it's not in the first of the clips that we have, but we do have someone talking about Noah Gregor in terms of um, the next season to come here. So and I picked that out, I mean, obviously because of our bet, but also yeah. it's interesting to see what the player's perspective is on other players. Sure. That, especially the up-and-coming younger guys, sure. like what they think about them, because Noah Gregor gets a lot of, oh, hello, <laughs> gets a lot of flack. I mean, not just from us, from from all the media. Sure. Um, so it's, it's good to see a different perspective from... Kind of like inside the locker room, if you yeah. Know. Now you get the perspective from uh, from Logan Couture earlier in the season, mm-hmm. where he was saying, oh, "You know, who's the unluckiest guy? <laughs> it's definitely Gregor. You know, yeah. Noah's definitely the most unlucky guy in the whole the whole locker room there." So, um, <sighs> okay. Well, I mean, we could we could launch again. There's a whole bunch of clips, guys. So prepare yourself. But so the reason there's clips is they had the locker clean. Yeah, yes, there you so go. So everyone got to get almost everyone pretty much got interviewed and asked you know a million questions. So Oddly, it's fun. Gregor wasn't one of them though. Uh, not everyone was there. I feel like all the rookies didn't do it. There was no rookies. Okay, it was all like look at the list. It's yeah. all people that are veterans. That's true. Um, uh, it's interesting to see. There's certain players that have very short answers. Mm-hmm. They always seem annoyed. Then there's other players that have very long answers. Um, and a lot to say, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes it's a long answer, but they don't actually say anything. Yeah, that too. Just kind of yeah. ums and ahs. And then there's Hurdle. That's one sentence. Oh, you know, I remember that. <laughs> it's cute. Hurdle had his son with him, which that, yeah. is so cute. Yeah, he was like, I don't know, he looked like a year and a half or so. Like, good. I've, Good, fun, cute. I age. feel like the media dropped the ball. They should have uh, asked the kid a question. Yeah. Like, hey, were you happy with your dad's performance this season? Just, just for fun. Yeah, I I thought, <laughs> it would have been just like that. I was watching the whole thing. I thought for sure he's going to grab a microphone, and he didn't. I was, yeah. I was surprised. My he kid went would've. for it. My kid would have. He went for it. He once. did. He, once. he got his hand out there, and a guy moved the mic enough. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. There again. There's again. It's the uh, like the locker clean out. Uh, interviews right, that well, they had here. So let's set up the clips, and then we'll play them. Well, we don't need I, to like go in depth, but. Right, right. Okay, so um, I, I guess before this whole thing kicks off, though, I do want to remind you guys, please, I, we appreciate the likes, and we, obviously we love the comments because the comments help us uh, going with, with topics and whatnot, and we get to hear what you guys want to talk about, right? So that's all well and good. Please, 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 if you can, uh, hit us with that share, hit us with that retweet, get us out there so that you guys, what is this? Home of the, the strawberry. Home? Okay, there you go. Uh, get us out there so, uh, you know, if you have sharks, friends, and family that would enjoy this content as well in the discussion, please get them in here as well. So before we start rolling the clips, I just wanted to let you guys 
guys uh, know that, please uh, remind you guys. And if you can't support the show doing that, that would be awesome. Custard pie. I do like custard. Ooh. Thank Ooh. you. Thank you, Gun from Arkansas. Goon, Gun. I don't know yeah. if that was Gun or Golan. That was G. I can't see from here. I wear glasses for a reason. He has glasses on. He's still blind. This is what I have to deal with every week. Okay, so uh, we're going to jump right into clips now. All right, so the first one we got here is Logan Couture. Now, Logan was talking more about what kind of like culture and whatnot in the locker room, right? Culture and then the impact that the veterans had on the rookies and what that means to to the culture Mm -hmm. and how it's kind of changed and molded. and yeah, so here we go. Here's Logan Couture, El Capitan. Um, I think, uh, you know, myself and some older guys were, were looked up to in this locker room. Um, we had a lot of young guys at the end of the season there. I don't know how many rookies it was, but it felt like, you know, it was close to double digits by the end. And, you know, it's not just vocally, it's body language, the way that we care, carry ourselves, the way that we show up to work every day, practice habits. I think, um, you know, for them, they're, they're always watching. Someone's always watching. Someone's always got their eyes on you. So if you're a captain or a leader in this team, you know, it's, it may be easy to go through the motions some days when you're out of it. But, you know, there's always some young guy that's looking up to you and watching you and seeing how hard you practice and, and what time you get to the rink and all that. So um, for us, I think we did a very good ju- job as, as leaders um, of showing them you know, how to be pros in this league and uh, just working extremely hard. Uh, very interesting what he said about showing up on time for practice. So right? it's not, it wasn't even just about the rookies and whatnot, right? There's, that's kind of the top layer. There, there's a, you have to peel back the onion, right? Right, yeah. There's, he's talking about the rookies, but you picked up on him talking about certain things, uh, the right way to show up to practice on time, how hard you work, um, the things that all eyes are on you in the locker room, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, really interesting <laughs> that, that he brought those things up without saying any specific names. Right. And and I think, I forgot who it was that said it. I think it might have been Carlson in his interview. I think it was Carlson. Yeah. Saying how, it, you know, it's not one guy that does that. Right. Or it's not one guy that, you know, you take that one guy out and everything automatically changes. Mm-hmm. And Or also that that one guy was the only and sole problem. Right. Like there was multiple problems. So it took a, a lot of coming together as, you know, veterans. I'm sure there were some other veterans that maybe they were late for a practice or two, you know, like and just didn't quite do what they should have been doing and then other players pick up on it. Right. So I, I, I can't, I'm not going to say it was all on Evander King. No, 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 it's not. I just think it's interesting that those things come out right from from that question talking about culture mm-hmm. talking about you know the, again the impact on the younger guys and it's like the way that you act in this locker room the way that you present yourself on the rink outside of the rink the hard how hard you work on the rink it's not just about you and and the fact that you're doing it trying to make yourself better or whatever the case is right it's about other people on this team and, and how you're portrayed to them, right? And setting the right tone with them because mm-hmm. they're coming up. You're, in a sense, it's kind of like, you know, being a parent, you have to set the right examples. Exactly. And so this leadership yeah. group is tasked with doing that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they keep talking about how the, the locker room has been better, et cetera, et cetera, this year, right? And we all kind of took that as a dig at Kane and everything. But um, 
you, you look at Logan Couture and a lot of people saying, you know, I don't think Logan's fit to be a captain. But, I mean, these are the things, I think, that make a player fit to be captain. It's not who scores the most goals. That makes you a good offensive weapon. That's great. But that is not what makes a good captain. That is not what is um, what makes you someone to look up to necessarily, right? You could score a ton of goals, but then not show up to practice on time, mm. um, not work as hard as you can during the practices, right? Um, and that doesn't make you a good leader. It makes you a good goal scorer, but it doesn't make you a good leader. Uh, it's it's interesting because like um, growing up when I played soccer, I played in high school, then I played in college. Both of those took everything very seriously. Like like I want to say we were a professional team, but when I got to that college level, it was it was very different. Okay. It was like wow, like it, you were not late. You, you that wasn't even an option. Like you'd rather be sick in bed throwing up and not show yeah. up than to be late because if you were late the entire team would run and everybody would hate you like there's no reason like if you cannot be late so you are always there at least 20 minutes early right 30 minutes early you're just you're there early and i remember we're um i went to sonoma state and went to practice and i would be like you know 20 minutes for practice and i'd be almost one of the last ones there and i'm like whoa that made me bust my butt and get there earlier yeah. i also saw some of the best players that I've ever played with, some of the best players in the entire league, uh, practicing things like before practice. Like yeah. I was like, "What are you doing? Like you guys are already good. Why? What, what's left to learn? Right? No, these guys. It was their work ethic, yeah. which I didn't at the time realize what was going on. You know, because I was 18, 19 years old, I was young and dumb. So I was watching these guys going, "Wow, these guys put in the work, and it shows on the field. This is the exact same thing that's going on. This is why." Some of those guys went on to play professionally yep. because yep. they had the work ethic. This is everything. So when you get to the NHL level, this is the cream of the crop of every single lower level to get to that point. Only, you know, think about like in baseball, the top 1.1% of all the baseball players as a kid mm-hmm. possibly would go to the majors. So you're, you're whittling it down and it's the kids and adults that have the work ethic. It's amazing that Brent Burns still practices He's one of the first ones and last ones on the ice, right? Yeah. The guy's 37. Like, take a nap, dude. Like, geez, you're making me feel like I'm tired. Anyway, my point is um, you're setting the examples, and it works. Because, like, for me it worked. I was like, wow, these guys get here so early. I need to get here, like, an hour before practice and then stay an extra hour after practice to work on things to get better. I just always thought, you know, I would plateau and be done. But no, you keep getting better and better and better, especially when you keep practicing. Yeah. So um, it's good to hear him say that because I think people forget that. And, and I think that's what was missing the last two seasons is, I mean, not that nobody did that, but the consistency of everybody doing that is different than some of the guys doing it or just the best players doing it or most of the best players, you know? Yeah. Now the young guys see that and they go, man, I see what it takes to, we look at, Brent Burns is the the best example yes. because he just set a record or tied one of the records for the most minutes played by a defenseman over thirty seven or over thirty whatever. Um, there's only like Nicholas Lindstrom and um, Ray Bork I think were up there and I think that might have been it. So he's in pretty elite category of guys that take care of themselves, take yeah. care of their bodies, know how that work ethic and everything else. Um, so this is great and we keep talking about the culture, yes, but. This is what we mean by it. Right. This is what it takes for getting everybody on board. This is what it's going to take to stay in the NHL and and have a long career in the NHL. Yeah. 
Sorry, that was a big rant. No, no, 100%. But it's true, though. And you said, you know, those guys, why are you staying after practice? You're already so good. Well, that's why they're so good. Joe right. Pavelski still practices the tip. Yep. He is the best player in the league when it comes to tips. And there's no coincidence that it's because he works his yeah. tail off doing that before and after practice. No matter what your skill is that you're, you're extremely good at, the only way... You continue working that skill and working on the things that you don't do well either, right? Um, so, like you're saying with Joe Pavelski, at that level, he still is tipping, tipping, tipping all mm-hmm. the time, right? Uh, Burns, in one of his exit interviews, he had said that he's uh, getting ready to get on the squat rack. Like, as soon as I'm done with these interviews, that's what I'm going to go do. And, like, he's not taking any time off here, right? That wasn't a joke either. No, like, no, he literally he's going, is going to go do squat rack. Yes. <laughs> so, um, I mean, you know, if any of the kids are we're a family friendly show. So if any kids are listening, um, that that's kind of what you want to do, guys. You want to make sure that you're working, uh, it, not just during practice, but you know, the before and the after. If you got a passion for it, that's that's how you're going to get yourself better and better than the competition. And eventually, they're not going to be able to keep up. Mm-hmm, so, exactly. There you go. Um, we got another one here. Oh, sorry, Lundy actually. Uh, put the dollar on a nine super chat. Thank you, Lenny, for that. Appreciate you supporting the show. What's your uh, three finals predictions? He thinks the Rangers and the Abs in the finals. What do you think? I'm hoping Florida and the Abs. That's kind of where I'm at too. I'm 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 hoping for Florida. Uh, I don't know if I think Florida will be there, if but I'm hoping for Florida. If it's Florida and the Stars, I might cry in a corner because <laughs> I wouldn't know which <laughs> Joe to root for. No, I'm just you, kidding. I'd root for Jumbo. Jumbo, yeah, because yeah, yeah. Pavelski's got. He just set a career high in points at yeah. 38, 37, 38. I don't know. I forgot what he is. Wait, he set a career high in points? I missed that He hit entirely. 80 points. It's his career high. Wow. Nuts. Nuts. That doesn't seem right. It's Exactly. That's the point. No, no, no. Like, I, it, didn't he have 100-something points? No, he's never had 100 points. Really? No. Fact check me on that one, guys. I, I swear. But okay. I thought it was like the Chichu. No. Uh, you know? He he didn't play when Chichu was getting those 50 Wait, goals. wait, wait. Okay, I'm sorry. He came later. You said Pavelski. My bad. I thought you were talking about Thornton right there. The career high in points for Thornton. I was going, wow. Pavelski. Okay, Pavelski. My bad. Okay, hey, good for him. And again, that that's what comes back to that work ethic, right? Yes. So, again, kids, tip as much as you can. <laughs> Just like Lundy does. Appreciate you, Lundy. Thank you for that. <laughs> Anthony Sanchez, the oh. new GM. Uh, there it is. The new GM Kevin Weeks will need to change the Sharks <laughs> culture. I don't think he, I don't think he will. I think, I think he won't need to change. I, maybe that's a typo. I, I I think he won't. Well, he said yeah. put will. He may maybe will not. I don't know. But I don't think he's gonna be. He won't be the GM. Hey, who know? Who knows? Who knows? But what, I I think I think the culture has gotten better. Uh, unfortunately, it took a certain player kind of leaving to kickstart all of that. But I think the culture in the locker room has gotten better, and I think all the players would admit to that. I think a GM coming in will be very excited to have a healthy locker room. Right. Like, it, that's, you know, he doesn't have to deal with, okay, there's three guys that are just a cancer in the room. I need to move all three yeah. of these guys to get them out of here to change the culture. No, it's a very healthy room. Yeah. They're coming in. Um, they're going to be strong. So I think it's any GM is going to want this job. And to be fair, that's exactly what Doug Wilson did. Mm-hmm. This guy doesn't work in this locker room. Let's get him out. Yep. Right? So, I don't know. Again, you, a lot of you guys don't like Doug Wilson, and I understand him leaving has nothing to do, it has everything to do with health. I understand that. Um, but I am, I'm, I'm not really happy to see him go. No. So, it's, it's a shame. But, um, all right, let's get through these clips. Yeah, sorry. We have a lot of clips. We got a lot more. So, all right, next clip up fire is Tumash Hurdle. And uh, what was this clip? Let's set this up here. 
he wanted to know, or he was asked how competitive, because he signed his extension. Yeah. Do they think that, does he think that the Sharks are going to be competitive in the next season or two, like to win a cup, kind of? And then, um, I think he also, I think in this thing, he also says he's going to play in the world. So he might, that might have got cut off. But anyway. The question was, what does he think about the competitiveness of the Sharks going into next but season? But, like, what do you expect them? People are asking these questions in the media. What do you expect them to say? All no, they, we're, I signed a long-term contract, and I feel like we're going to suck for the next five years. Like, all come they, on. They're setting up the players for sound bites sure. to use for quotes. That's it. So here we go. Roll the clip. <laughs> yeah, we have some, you know, talks, and, you know, we know what we have to improve and stuff, but, uh, you know, I think we, we have some... Young guys hopefully coming up, you know, like Bordeaux, I think he he, he got a lot of skill, you know, and, and uh, you know, Eki hopefully next year. And I think even a lot of guys, you know, last couple months, you know, like Greggy, really step it up, play better. You know, Greggy, if he very couple chances, he will get a, he will, he can, he can be easily 20 goal score because he got the speed uh, and he made so many chances, but, you know, for sure he has to learn how to score in NHL and, and you know there is some positive things. Hopefully we'll be healthy next year too. You know I think we have a little struggle with some big injuries, so it's always tough. But you know I think there's some light behind the door. Wow, that was very fast. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love hurdles. Yeah. I'm so glad we have eight more years of hurdle. You know. I mean, and, and and what you guys don't realize is sometimes I'm I'm like listening to the clip, but I'm listening to it faster at a faster speed. <laughs> so when I hear him speaking at a normal speed, it's really difficult to keep up. But then at one and a half times speed, it's just one and a quarter. Well, that was one and a half. Oh, I, yeah. It's so I'm not. I don't know what he said. I have no clue what he said. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, he. You know, he was talking about. I, and again, this is the reason that Aaron picked this clip is because you happen to notice that he said. No, it's the reason. Stop it. No, it wasn't the main he reason. He said that Gregor could be a 20-goal scorer in this league. Now, I don't necessarily disagree. I think Gregor could be a 20-goal scorer in this league. He just has to stop hitting the glass and the logo on the goalie's chest. If he can do those things, he could certainly be a 20-goal. He could have been a 20-goal scorer this season. He's slowly putting it together. Yeah, He's good looking, for him. The last 20 games, he looked really good. Wonderful. The last handful of games, that line was the most dangerous line Wonderful. On the I, are you saying that I'm not saying that? Are you saying that I think that he's a horrible player? Yeah, that's what it no. sounds like you're saying. I, that's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is he's not a 10-goal scorer this season. Well, obviously, the season's over. Well, I, But I said this months ago. I did. Sure. Okay. And then so, and you were sweating bullets the other night when he no, got two goals in twenty seconds. Okay. I, and I would love to show you guys the 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 what do you call it the thread in Slack where he's sending me images of like some some like little girl would have gone like right. It's like like I'm sweating bullets. I'm not sweating anything. I'm like, look, he can score two goals in twenty six seconds. That's great. He's got one more game to do it again. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. I that. And I that's okay. So I know you did. Him. I know so you bad. did. And it's okay. But my point was, this season, seeing how it was going for him, how he was hitting glass, he was hitting, not even hitting glass, he was hitting boards, he was shooting it wide, he was hitting the goalie directly in the logo. He's not a 10-goal scorer this season. Maybe next season, he gets a little bit more accuracy training, I don't know, and the puck goes in for him. If the puck starts going in for him, he again, this season he could have been a 20-goal scorer if he was hitting the, the, the corners, hitting the areas where the goalie's not, or he's hitting... 
not glass, right? He has the skill, don't get me wrong. I just see the way he's playing this season and it Graham, wasn't going to happen. Graham said, Paul, you did say Gregor was a 0% shooter. I, well, he was. There's several games where he was a 0% shooter. Gregor is, what, 23 years old. Yeah. That's still very young. No, he's not. He's younger than Dolan. It's not very young. It's not very young. It's young. Do you know the funny thing is? When he turns 26, young. when he turns 26, that's only three years away. Yeah. People are going to say that's his prime. That's what they're going to say. 26 is his prime. He's three years away from that. So is 23 very young? I don't think so. I don't think so. Again, I think he, he could have been a 20-goal scorer even this season. But again, watching the way he was playing, that's why I said there's no way. He's not going to get 10. There's no way. Now know. next I, season he starts putting the puck in the net a little bit. We can tell. We, we to can me, see. To me, I was seeing the um, the progression in the last last quarter of the sure. season. He was putting things together because to me it was like he has the speed. Obviously, he has NHL elite speed, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have the NHL elite hands. He doesn't have the the shot or the playmaking. It's now getting there, and I, I not that he's going to be an NHL yeah. elite shooter. I'm just yeah. saying, like, he's his mind is ke- is catching up with his feet because his feet <laughs> are so fast that he can't think fast enough with the puck. Yeah. Now he's starting to get that and put it together, and he's getting to he's becoming a smarter player. And I'm going to go ahead and compliment him again and say that it's not even just his speed. I think his hands are actually okay. I think he does a pretty decent job of trying to get around defenders with his speed and puck protecting, using his hands and his body to do that. He just can't put the puck in the net. And maybe that's just for this season. Again, next season, who knows? We'll see how it goes. But again, watching him play, for me, oh, he's fast and he's young and he's promising. That doesn't mean he's getting 10 goals and it, and he didn't. So I'm, not, I'm sorry. I don't know if you think that you're, you're coming out on top here, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I called it. I was right, and I'm not saying he's a bad player. I hope he does better next season. I hope he reaches his potential because this season, it just wasn't there. He didn't put it together for me. Sure. If you want to point to the, the second to last game where he scored two goals, okay. But I'm looking at the whole season. I thought that's what we did on the show, Aaron. I thought that's what we did. That's our next show. Okay. We're looking at the season as a whole. We're looking at the last <laughs> week right now. And okay. Gregor was the top scorer in the last week, so there. <laughs> Anyway, um, so I guess uh, we're done with with Hurdle then. Yeah. Or is there, was there anything else on Hurdle really? Because no. oh, we, we talked about about it Gregor, wasn't in the clip, but he's going to be playing in World uh, not yeah. World Juniors yeah. World Championship for uh, for the Czech, Czech Republic. So what I was going to mention was last year Timo Meyer played for Switzerland and he was playing with Nico Hischier. 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 Nico. Not going to work here anymore. So he uh, to me Timo. And he was scoring. Timo was scoring like crazy. And it was like, wow, like, where's this Timo in the NHL, yes. like, for the Sharks? Because he's been, like, kind of MIA. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like that gave him a confidence boost, a huge confidence boost. Yep. And he carried that into this season, and this season he destroyed everyone. So, now I'm not saying Hurdle's going to destroy everyone, but I think it's a good confidence booster. Yeah. It's he, good for him because he's going to get kind of a playoff hockey atmosphere without playing playoff NHL playoff. You know who should go to Worlds then? To get a confidence booster. Who? No, Gregor. Why? 
He's fine. So he can come back and dominate. No, he's fine. Oh, my goodness. Get out of here. All right. So uh, moving on from uh, Tomas Riddle, we've got another clip here from Mario Ferraro. Again, it's going to be a, a, a clip-heavy episode. Uh, bear with us. But we'll be discussing We're it. We're almost halfway through. So, <laughs> uh. so producer Jason loves this episode, by the way. It's uh, better than tweets. Loved going through. <laughs> he hates tweets. Okay. So uh, Ferraro was mainly asked about like the decor. Um, so I guess here's his response about uh, questions about the decor here. But yeah, he has something else to say. No, just, here, he was asked about kind of like what he thought about the whole defensive core and, yeah. and uh, including the young players and the veterans. So here we go. Yeah, I feel really good. Um, you know, obviously the last 15 games weren't the result that we wanted. Um, but, you know, I, th- I thought we were we did a good job at at staying in games and I feel like we did a good job at, at holding teams to, to, to low scoring throughout those games um, you know, I think our, our decor a lot of guys stepped up when, when they needed to uh, this year um, new paces in the back end for sure um, but I thought they did a great job you know Megs especially played real well uh, showed some some great great uh, not only skill but shut down uh, to his game um, uh, and uh, obviously um, Malosh did well as well. Um, Merck showed some promising um, plays there, especially on the power play. So there's a lot of good looks from from all the guys that that were um, new faces to to the decor, and it's it's uh, it's good for us to see before the summer. You know, strangely, I I mostly agree with pretty much everything you said, and I know that a lot of people don't like a lot of our decor, mainly the big three. Uh, with their big dollar signs, I get it. Um, but, you know, you, you look at Burns, and again, the amount of minutes the guy plays, and that he's tr- entrusted with so many different situations. He's on the ice all the time. It's no wonder when the team's not playing well, his numbers are going to suffer uh, from a defensive standpoint as well, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's, again, he's he's got a lot of ice time. If bad things are happening, he's probably on the ice when they're happening. And I don't think putting somebody else out there is necessarily going to be the fix. Um, but, you know, he brought up a bunch of names that we had talked about before. Uh, Malosh, mm-hmm. uh, Megna, Merkley. Uh, the, <laughs> they're all with M's. M's. Everybody's got an M. M. M-E even, yeah. I think, is what it was. Um, and, and he thought that they all, you know, stepped up and played admirably. And I have to agree with him. I thought that every single one of them made the Middleton, another M, a Middleton trade uh, hurt a lot less because you see these other guys that can step into that role and play solid minutes, not just filler minutes to give the big guys a rest, solid minutes every night. Um, you know, Merkley stepping up this season, big time for me, right? I was to the point, I think, at the beginning of the season or at the end of the last season where I'm going, maybe it's just better to move him and see if a change of scenery is going to help him out with his game. I'm glad that they kept him because um, I think he's got a lot of promise in this league. Um, you, you see the way that he handles the puck, the way he's patient with it, mm-hmm. um, his vision on the ice when he's making passes. He gets a little bit uh, adventurous sometimes, we'll say, maybe a little overconfident at times. But again, this is a player who is very young, right? So I think he's got a lot of room to kind of mature a little bit more. And he's already done that, I think, from where he was. If you remember, the main knock on Merkley before was he throws a fit, he gets upset, he ends up hacking at guys or whatever when he's mad, blah, blah, blah. I think he's ironed a lot of that out of his game. And you see him play now and you can see flashes of brilliance. And I think the older he gets, uh, the more established he gets in the league and the better he's going to be. But looking at all the other guys that have stepped in and played and been able to take on that role that Middleton had on this team, it really does soften that blow. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm. I feel actually pretty 
good about the defensive core yeah. here. Um, we got three right-handed defensemen that can move the puck. I don't know if any of them are going to be moved, or any of these guys will be moved, yeah. you know, during the offseason. But uh, it's going to depend on what the GM, the new GM is going to want to do. Um, but I felt very comfortable. Even you know, you lost Ferraro for a little bit, and those guys had to step up because mm. he was a big minute muncher there, and and they needed somebody else to come in. Now, don't forget, Kanijov is coming back as yes. well. Um, he was interviewed. I didn't get a clip of it, but he came out and said that he had a groin injury, had surgery, and then he had an infection from the surgery, and that's what kept him out for so long. Ugh. He was out for, I think it was 10 weeks of antibiotics, which wow. is over two months. I mean, that's a long time for being basically being sick. I mean, he probably whittled down to a little, not that he was nothing, but... You know, you're going to lose all of that yeah. muscle and everything else that you've built up over the years. So it's going to take a while, which is why he missed the entire season. Uh, but he did say he was healthy and he's going to be coming back. So there's another that's guy good. that's yeah. going to be added to this defensive core that is kind of like another Ferraro, like a guy that can play with either Carlson or Burns and and take a lot of those minutes as a left-handed defenseman. And I, so thought, I thought Kinezhov did well playing on both sides of the rink, too. Yeah. I mean, he looked good defensively, but I, he was no slouch in the offensive zone. Was he not the rookie of the year last yeah. year, right, yeah. for the Sharks? Yeah. The Sharks rookie of the year? So um, that's a that's a big, not big name coming back, but a, a, a decent top four defenseman coming back yeah. into your lineup next year. So the Sharks are going to have some pieces to move, I think, for other assets. Yeah. So you're going to see, again, wait till the playoffs happen. Teams are going to overcorrect because they're going to say, yeah, yeah. wow, we need a left-handed defenseman that can play, you know, that can skate, you know, a, whatever, a two-way defenseman. But I'm not keen on having three defensively challenged D-men. I will get to this in a little bit. Okay, but, but here's the question. So the Sharks had the best penalty kill, the second best penalty kill. Second best penalty kill. Second best penalty kill in the league. They took that same structure and used it five on five. So instead of a 1-3 for the PK, they did a 1-1-3, right? Um, they implemented that during the season. If that becomes the staple of how they play the game, I don't think it's going to matter too much if they've got... I think that's kind of the envy of the league having... Not that the Sharks are the envy of the league. <laughs> I'm saying having three right-handed uh, offensive defensemen, guys who can move the puck, guys who can shoot it, um, guys who've got their heads up like that. And, you know, we, we praise Eric Carlson for his passing ability, but how many times have we seen Brent Burns go from behind the net to blue line? Yeah. Right? With a, just a launch, and it, you know, Timo Meyer picks it up or something. So um, all these guys are really capable of moving the puck around. You pair them with a guy who can uh, help shut it down. Again, for, for Burns this season, that was Ferraro, but in seasons past, it was Shimmick, right? Uh, we've seen uh, Kanijov and Carlson. Mm-hmm. We've seen uh, Vlasic even getting paired up with uh, with Merkley this season, and that seemed to work out okay. Uh, I'm not saying they're the best pairings in the league, but I'm just saying I think there's a lot of teams that uh, could do a whole lot worse. You could cover up the mishaps offensively by having a defensive defenseman paired up with sure. an offensive guy uh, like Carlson Burns. or Burns, now, Burns is not the best defensively, but... Um, he's much more physical than yes. Carlson and Merkley are. He's bigger, obviously. He knocked over Kane, like you just right. said. Right, yeah. <laughs> so he's got I don't like see a, Carlson doing that. No. <laughs> he's got like a, a kind of, I don't want to say mean streak, but he could yeah. he he could hit someone pretty hard. So, um, And he plays a lot of PK. So he's not just only on the power play, you know no. what I mean? No, so he's, he's, 
He's a well-rounded defenseman. He's, he's not the best. He's not going to be the best, but and everyone gets upset because he he has so many turnovers. But he's on the ice so much that you see him so much. So he's obviously his mistakes are going to just glare more because right. he's on the ice so much. Right. But anyway, we got more clips. So <laughs> speaking of Vlasic, let's set this one up. Now Vlasic, I've always tried to get quotes from Vlasic because to me he reminds me of Daryl Sutter um, in interviews where he just. Looks like he has the bitter beer face. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, you know he does. I mean? Bitter beer face and just angry and annoyed. Like, how dare you ask me that question? This is what... <laughs> so there's a string of questions here to Vlasic. And the first one is, are you worried about a buyout going into the season? Like, are you worried about getting bought out? Have you talked? Have you sat and talked with management about getting bought out? And then I'm not going to give you his answer. Then, right, right. But then it was... Um, the next question is you had limited minutes this year uh, why do you think that is I'm just setting that up so let's 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 hear what his answers are because man it just makes you want to it, frustrated like you want to not punch him but you just want to cry but you also laugh because it's just like wow it's so you can cut the atmosphere in the room right in half so go ahead let's go <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> what do you plan to sit down with Joe? Joe Will here. Uh, I will sit down with Joe in the next couple of days. Yeah. Uh, is there any concern on your part that the, the organization might buy out the rest of your contract? No. Why? What gives you so much confidence that you will? You know, why would they? I don't know. To save money in the cap. I guess that's why teams do that. Well, <laughs> there's how many guys on the team? 25, so yeah. there's 25 guys. Well, they bought out Martin Jones last year. Well, I'm not worried at all. Okay. I signed here, they signed me, so I honor the deal. So what do you thought of your your personal sort of performance this season? Considering I had limited minutes, third on the back end in points, more physical this year. Um, so imagine if I played more. And why do you think there was limited minutes? That's not for me to tell you. Of course, you want more ice time, right? That's not for me to tell you. I just go out there and help the team win. If I'm on the ice, uh, no matter how many minutes I get, that's my job, to help the team win. I never complain about ice time. Um, I just go out there and do what I have to do to help this team win. I think of all the players on the Sharks, that would be the most intimidating interview for me to ask a question to a player. Like, just of all the players, like I can ask anyone a question. I would just, I'd see Mark Edward Vlasic and be like, I, I don't want, I don't want to ask. I don't want because he's just gonna no, no, no. <laughs> to be fair, um, I, I kind of like what he said at the end there, though. Look, I just go out there whatever minutes I'm given, and I'm just trying to help the team win. Whatever minutes I'm given, that I mean, that's honestly, that's the right attitude. That is. Sure. It's the right attitude. Yeah. Oh, you don't agree? No, I, I agree. Okay. I, I just I just think that there's underlying stuff there. Sure. Like No oh obviously, look, he's I mean, in that interview, which I don't think we got a part in the clip uh with him saying it, but I believe he said, Imagine if I had more ice time. Yeah. Right? And then like I mean that's kind of Shots fired, right? I mean, that's huge. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think he's there's some underlying stuff there. Don't get me wrong. But I think at least what he had said there at the end of that clip where it's like, you know what? I'm just, no matter what 
minutes I'm given. That's my whole role on this team is just try to help the team win, period. You know, um, he's willing to accept the role that he's been given. Now, <laughs> given the, the buyout, oh, what was this? I love how he's wearing a loyalty shirt while getting asked all those questions. Oh, yeah. well done. Nice job picking yeah. that one up. That's great. I laughed at that earlier when nice. I was watching. I was like, huh. It's, but, it, I was also interested. I said this earlier when we were watching the clips. Like, it's interesting to see what all the players are wearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But go ahead. Um, no, I just think that, you know, there's obviously there's a, a slight dig there about the amount of ice time that he was getting. But he also said, you know, in terms of getting a buyout and whatnot... <laughs> What? Lundy, thanks for the dollar ninety nine. I would ask oh. if he misses Braun. <laughs> Actually, that's not bad. Yeah, that that is the one question I think that uh, it, it's okay to ask him. Is he, he'd probably cheer him up a little bit there. He'd probably say Braun who either Braun or something about dogs, and he'd be happy. You'd be fine, I think. Yeah, as long as you stuck to those two things. Right. So there you go. Um, for anybody who has aspirations of uh, interviewing Mark Edward Vlasic, there you go. You can say the Fin Factor sent you. Okay. Um, I, I think that, do that. Uh, it's just, you know, again, I, I, I think, you know, he's got the right mentality, even though he's not getting the minutes at least. He's obviously would like to have more minutes. Um, but when it came to the question about the buyout, he was just like, well, no, we're honoring the deal, right? That's mm-hmm. the, why would they buy me out? I'm, I'm honoring they signed me long term I'm sticking with it so it's not like he's saying you know I do want more minutes I wouldn't mind you know being in, getting the opportunity to go somewhere else clearly this team's not really ready to go for, for playoffs so I could be you know he's nobody, not saying those nobody things nobody would say that no 100% I get that yeah. but at least like I don't know I don't get that feeling necessarily from him where it's like yeah I really uh, want to necessarily get out I mean what does he care if he gets bought out he still gets the money yeah sure like I, I don't uh, it's almost like I think what they want to know is if management had approached him at all about it, you know, about the subject of getting bought out. But um, <laughs> I would be mad if I said if he said Bronu. <laughs> um, I mean, imagine Vlasic's perspective, or maybe they come to him and say, "Hey, we're going to buy you out because the team wants you, but your salary is so high that they can't afford you. Right. But they want to play you more minutes, so what we're going to do is buy you out, and then they're going to try and sign you for." Two million dollars, right? Which he would actually end up making more money than he is currently because he would still be getting paid out by the Sharks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and a new salary, right? So I, it's funny when people when players get bought out because they end up people are like, top. "Oh, aren't you upset?" And you're like, "Why?" Financially, I get more money. Yeah. Financially, you come out on top. So yeah. You're signing a second contract yeah. on top of your other one. So um, anyway, I, it's just funny that he his his answers are so. It, it's it makes the room so tense. You could just feel it. It's you know? very challenging. Yes, he's very challenging to the the person who asked the question. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, why would they? Why would they buy me out? Mm-hmm. Like I dare you to respond to that, pal. You yeah, know exactly. I mean? um, but hey, that's that's pickles for you. You know, yeah. that, that's what you get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so moving on from pickles here, um, the other defenseman. Oh, the other one, the other yeah. high paid one. Yeah, the other one. Well, yeah. we, we've got this is that was the first of the three, right? So now we've got number two, Eric Carlson. You want to say? Well, this we one also up? had Burnt. Yeah, oh, that's what Burnt's I'm saying. Next. He's afterwards. Sorry. So. Okay. So Carlson uh, was kind of asked about the new GM and also about the coaching, the current coaching staff yeah. and the style, and if you liked it or not. Uh, it's very interesting what he has to say versus what we're going to show later with Burns and what he has to say about it. So here's what Eric Carlson had to say about it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I've played every system that is physically possible to play in hockey unless someone comes up with a new one. Uh, so, 
I mean, it's 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 not all about that. I think you know, at the end of the day, it's it's uh, you know the guys that play the game. Uh, if if we don't do a good enough job to to realize what we need to do in in certain situations and and create that for ourselves, it doesn't matter what people tell you off the ice. Uh, it's not going to make a difference. So um, I think at the end of the day. Uh, you know the onus is going to be on the players to 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 make it work and and to figure it out and and we didn't do that this year. I'm just curious how the direction of the team will be with the new uh, general manager. You're kind of, you know, curious to see how that plays out. Yeah, I mean we'll see. Uh, you know uh, that type of change hasn't happened here in a long time, so I don't really know how uh, how that will go over, how it will work. Uh, but you know usually when uh, when new people come in at, at positions like that, you know things are going to change, and and you know quite frankly things are going to have to change. Oh, you mentioned that a uh, possible change with the new GM. If the new GM comes up to you and asks why Bob Wigner and his staff should be here next year, you know what would you say? Um. Uh, yeah, that's a good question, and uh, and again, not something that uh, I'm I'm going to share with you guys because uh, you know I think that I've had a good relationship with the whole coaching staff all year, and and you know what's uh, been said between us is is going to stay between us, and and again, I'm not going to tell anyone anything different than I haven't told them. It's kind of an odd answer to the question. I mean, I, I understand that was Shang asking the question trying to goad him into something, you know? Like, I, obviously, they, you know what his article's going to be about. Okay. But trying to trying to goad him into an answer of uh, either backing the coach, like, yes, he should be back. Yes. Or saying, uh, I don't know. And he kind of went that direction of, yeah, the coaching staff's all right. We had a good relationship for most of the year. But... <laughs> Every <laughs> Kellen, every interview I see him as a pirate getting asked a question from the law enforcement entity. Yeah, because <laughs> he's got the yeah. Monte Cristo beard again. Um, anyway, um, losing my train of thought here. It's Captain Jack Sparrow on ice. <laughs> is really what it is. <laughs> Sorry, that probably didn't help you with no. your, your train of thought. No, thank there. you, because now all I picture is Captain Jack Sparrow. All right, well, here, let's take this question. You can think about what you're going to say. Question, if EK65 is wearing the C, uh, would he have played and finished the season? No, I, I think it's... Uh, we didn't show the quote, but he had, earlier he had said, it's the first time I ever thought of or took care of myself yeah. instead of putting the team. First time in my career I put myself um, first. Put myself first. Yeah. And I can't argue with that necessarily because he did play through several injuries, mm-hmm. but even in, in Ottawa, right? Yeah. Um, when If you remember the All-Star game when he was here for the All-Star game in San Jose, he was injured then, and he's like, you know what? I got to play. I got to play in front of the, my new fans. Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, yeah, I, I that's... I have no problem with that, with him saying, you know what, I, I'm finally kind of take care of myself first here. Um, because he has. He has tried to take care of the team as, as much as he possibly could, even when he wasn't ready. When he had the groin injury and then he came back too soon, right? If he yep. had just taken care of him, he wouldn't have gone out again the next season, right? Or the, that, the, the for the rest of that season, playoffs right. and everything too. So, um, yeah, no, I, I have no problem with that. So No, I don't either. I don't think that... Having the captain or not would have changed yeah. anything. Now, if they were in a playoff picture or fighting for a playoff spot, I think that's different. He probably would have played. I mean, the fact that he's talking about potentially going for Worlds. Right. He says, he's oh, healthy. We'll, we'll see. He's healthy. That means he's healthy enough. Right. Right. Yeah. So could he have finished the season off? Maybe. But again, like he's saying, if it was playoffs, he would have probably would have done it with nothing to fight for here. Better to focus on me, I think. Right. And I'm okay with that. Right. And again, going back to what we said earlier with... 
uh, who is going? Hurdle going to, to Worlds. Mm. Um, this could be a good confidence booster. Sure. And not that he needs confidence boosting, but uh, kind of getting into the rhythm of playing with top-notch guys, being surrounded sure. by higher talent and uh, playing well and playing in a playoff atmosphere again. So I think it's, it's going to be nothing but good things for these players that are going to this mm. tournament. Now, one of the things that he had opened up with, and this maybe to try to jog your your um, train of thought there, was um, talking about systems and how he says he's played every every type of system. And uh, eventually, it doesn't come down to the system so much as the players just need to execute whatever that system is. Right. So it's is not that, it's not like you're coaching kids here, right. like that where they're like, "Wow, this this is a new system. Yeah. Like I've never done this before." And then they screw it up because they don't know how to do it. It's, that's not what it's like. Everyone's played everything. So that's what he was saying. It's yeah. like, I played every system. It doesn't matter. It comes down to the players. It, they have to have some responsibility for their play. You can't blame the coach for everything. Right. You can't be like, oh, we should fire the coach and that will solve all the problems. That's not going to solve right. anything. So I think that was kind of more of his point about that. Um, but going back to the end of that interview or the end of the clip that we had, he didn't seem like he... I mean, maybe I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if the GM comes in and changes the coaching staff. That wouldn't be that wouldn't surprise me. One because he only has one year left on his contract anyway. Next season's Bugner's last last year mm-hmm. on your contract. Um, a new GM comes, the GM is going to want to install their guy, right? Most likely. So I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of want to see where the Sharks are and go at least get a roster together, right? Because I'm sure they're going to move some pieces, maybe some big ones out of here to shake things up, see where they are. And then decide to change the coaching staff. Maybe let Bob go one more year because if the Sharks aren't going to be good enough again next season, why get a new coach yeah. when you could just let him finish it out Ride and it out. then yeah. start off fresh the following year? Right. So um, I don't think there would be any rash decisions here of, of firing Bugner and, and at all. Yeah, no, I, and you hear what he said. He said, uh, I'm not going to share that information with you guys, right? But he said that he had a good relationship with the coaching staff, right? Yeah. So, on the one hand, you go, oh, I'm not going to... He didn't answer the question, which seems kind of damning, right? But at the same time, he just follows that up with, you know, it's just information I don't want to tell you. That doesn't necessarily mean it's good or bad. But I will share that I've had a good relationship with the coaching staff. So, it's kind of, you know, a toss-up there in terms of how does the guy feel about the coaching. Now, I guess it's one way or another... It's not really going to matter. One guy's not going to his opinion's not going to change whether or not the GM decides to hire or fire, right? Right. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see how it goes. But for for my money, I think it makes sense to let Bugner uh, ride out the rest of the year that he's got. Um, even if there's a new GM, it sounds like that new GM is going to be coming at the draft, after the drafts. It's going to be pretty late in that whole process. I don't know. I don't know that you necessarily. Uh, unload your coach and everything, especially when you're not bringing your whole front office with you because if it's, say, it's Kevin Weeks, he doesn't have a front office to bring in. He's relying on everybody else that's already there. I feel like that first year, let's say it was Kevin Weeks that comes in. I feel like that first year, everything's just kind of status quo for a bit as he's kind of like feeling it out, understanding the pieces that are around. Maybe he's making a few moves here and there. But I think the big sweeping changes that might be coming from a guy like that don't happen in that first week of him showing up, right? That would just be a little too much, I think. So um, I I don't know. I don't think that much is going to change from the coaching staff, at least, uh, in in the beginning, at least, of next season. Maybe if everything's going downhill the first however many games in, let's say it's weeks. And Weeksy goes, you know what? We're over this. Let's, uh, Let's bring somebody else in. I've seen enough. Yeah. Okay, fine. But I don't think that happens... You know, a week after him becoming GM, that that would be no. kind of silly for me. Yeah. So, 
Anyway, um, moving on to the last of the high-paid defensemen. <laughs> this this is interesting because it's a very different answer. Yeah. Uh, this is Brent Burns asked about the coaching staff as well. Yeah. In his relationship now, just to remind you, um, Brent Burns won the Vezina Trophy in 2017. And Bugner at the time was the assistant yes. coach working with the defenseman. So he very much helped Brent Burns uh, become the Vezina winning defenseman that year. And that was also his career high in points mm-hmm. and everything. So um, he's he's a very different view than yeah. Carlson. So here's, here's Brent Burns when asked about the coaching staff. No, I mean, San Jose has been a, a special place for us, for our family. Um, it's definitely definitely tough when you you lose three years, you know, not making the playoffs. I think everybody feels that way, whether they're they're young or older. Um, you know, you, you've got guys that they're third third year going on their fourth year, and they haven't haven't even played in the playoffs. So, you know, at that early stage, they already realize that. You know they've they've lost those years to have a chance at it. So it's uh, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's what we all play for. So um, I've been in the league long enough to know that when things when when you're doing these meetings at this time, it's there's a lot of changes that happen and, and need to happen. And um, yeah, obviously there's a lot of changes that are going to happen here. I think you know when you're you're looking for a new general manager it's there's a lot of things on the on the table so i uh, i don't know like i said i'm gonna going to be staring at a squat rack in a little bit here and <laughs> trying to get my head wrapped around that so i forgot to mention the first question was about uh chasing a cup and it kind of asked if almost in a way like do you want to get traded to a contender do you think this team is going to do it yeah. because he's I mean he's getting up there he's 37 uh, <laughs> not if you ask him though he says he's one of the young guys on right the team. yeah by the way these are c- clips taken from uh, the interviews they usually post the interviews on uh, Sharks website so I don't know if they do them in full but yeah they, they post a lot of them I, check check out yeah. the Burns clip when you get an opportunity on the, the Sharks website there it's it's pretty funny interview so yeah give he's, it a go he's a pretty he's a jovial character. guy character yeah, yeah. anyway um, chasing a cup sorry go ahead anyway to me it sounded like when he gave that answer it's like whoa i think he might want to get traded and get out of san jose um, objection hearsay right and <laughs> but you know like it wasn't of uh it wasn't like hurdle going yeah i want to be here this is where all i want to be it's kind of like yeah, you're right. It's been three years without, you know, three years without a cup or without playoffs, even a chance at the cup. And that's what we all want. And especially him getting older, he's getting less and less chances as he gets older. So yeah. um, to me, and I know Anthony's wife is going to throw a shoe here, but I think, uh, I think, <laughs> as he said, did Burns do this interview before playing goalie with kids or after? Um, to me, I think he's going to want to trade. And I'm not going to say he's going to, it's not going to be dramatic where he goes and requests one yeah. or anything, or or, but maybe when he sits down and talks to the new GM, he'd be like, you know, if someone wants me, I'd be open to it. Let's figure it out. I want to. I want to do this the right way. Yeah. I don't want to like. I don't want it to. I don't want it to leak that saying I want to request a trade, and then that's lingering over the course, locker room course. all season. Yeah. So you know, a la was it DeBrusque in Boston who requested a trade over the summer, and they 
Boston never did it, and he played. He's still on the team now, so it just makes it awkward. Yeah, right. So it's super (laughs) awkward. Or like Dadanoff, you know, denying the trade, and he's still in Vegas. (laughs) Phenomenal. So anyway, um, I could see Brent Burns, which is a big piece and a big expensive piece, and on the cap Mm -hmm. being moved. To me, he is. The replacement level where you have Carlson and you have Merkley now, who looks a little bit more of a solid top four defenseman. I wouldn't say he's a top defenseman. No. Um, I think Burns is kind of getting expendable at this point for his salary and what you can get when you get rid of him and the replacement pieces that are coming. And we just talked about how the defensive core seemed pretty solid. You know, I, I can see the Sharks moving on from Burns and trading him. It's a lot of shoes. A lot <laughs> shoes, of shoes have been thrown. thrown yeah. I mean, I, I love Burns, yeah, but I also want to see Burns go somewhere and win a cup, just like Jumbo. I love Jumbo, but I want to see him win. Um, Burns actually gets <laughs> traded back to Minnesota, Fiala and Middleton. Yeah, I don't see that. Uh, no, I, I I love Burnsy too, and I, I had said he's you know the the other high paid defenseman, but honestly, again, you take a look at the number of minutes that the guy plays. And he, again, whether you like him or not, he's relied upon for all situations. That's a guy that you do pay a lot of money to, right? Uh, when he's playing half the game a night, mm-hmm. um, those are valuable minutes, and you got to pay for him. So, so he's he's doing big minutes. Yeah, he's older, but he's big minutes. Yeah, he doesn't miss games. He, he doesn't. I want to say he missed one this season because he had COVID or he tested positive right at Christmas time, but then they suspended a lot of those games. So I don't know if he actually missed one, but he has like a either has or had a pretty good long Ironman streak going. Yeah. So he takes care of his of himself, his body, and he, for as physical as he is, not that he's super physical, but as a big guy, yeah. older big guy, a lot of minutes, he's very reliable. Very, he's going to be in your lineup every See, night. And and everybody's always got this. Oh, he's getting up there in age. He's thirty seven years. He could be fifty two years old if the guy is working the way that he's been working. Like off season, I'm saying if he's you know he's like I said hit the squat rack right. Mm-hmm. I mean he takes care of himself. I don't care how old he is. I care how well he plays. And yes, you can point to oh he's down in points. He's a defensive liability. Again, the guy is relied upon. To be a top pairing defenseman, whether he belongs there or not, that's what he's relied upon to be, to be doing out there, and he's one of the most trusted defensemen that's on the team. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I I don't really have a problem with it. I know that his age is high. Whatever um, for me, it's it's not about your age. It's about how uh, how hard you're working, and how much you're performing out there, and he does that for this team. So um, I know it's it's so easy to say, oh, he's getting old. He's getting old. Got to get rid of him. He's getting old. If the guy's working out, I, I just I keep him. You know? My my only point was yes, he's old, but the way that he takes care of himself, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's gonna be fine. Hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. No, and I agree like, with you. Compared to Carlson, Car- not that Carlson doesn't take care of himself, but he just seems more injury fragile. prone. Right? Yeah. He's more fragile. You don't see. I don't see Burns like that at all. So. Having him play on until he's almost 40, 39 or 40, I think, is when his contract is up. Sure. It's fine. Yeah. And I think this is the prime example of where a playoff team is going to lose because they didn't have a right-handed shot, puck-moving defenseman in the playoffs. They're going to lose their round, and they're going to overcorrect, and they're going to trade for Burns. Uh, this this summer. That's I, what I see. I, I could totally see something with that. And again, it speaks to his conditioning. If you're going to overcorrect and trade big assets for a guy who's 37, 38 years old, it, it kind of speaks to how, uh, you know, how well he takes care of himself and how much they don't care how old he is. They only care how much you can affect our team. If Duncan Keith could get moved, 
Brent Burns could get moved. Okay, fair enough. I can't believe he got traded. Anyway. Sometimes you just need that veteran presence. Edmonton is just so dumb. (laughs) So dumb. All right. um, Moving on from Brent Burns. There's there's not a clip. We're done with clips. Yay, everybody. Some clapping hands in the chat there. Uh, (laughs) um, So... But we do have uh, some some Aiden Hill. You didn't get a clip here, but you, you there was an interview with Aiden Hill, and you said he sounded fairly annoyed. I don't know that I necessarily picked up on that so much, but what is it that you, you heard him say that you felt maybe he was a little bit annoyed? Well, I was trying to pick up a good quote from him, and it was hard. It was kind of like Vlasic's answers. I mean, it wasn't as salty as Vlasic, but it was there were such <laughs> short answers that it was like... This is I can't I can't pull anything from this. Plus we had a bunch of clips anyway. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Aiden Hill's interview, it's the whole thing was maybe three minutes. It was so quick. Um, he was asked about you know kind of his injury. He won't disclose what it is. Right. He just said lower upper body. body. Oh, was upper lower body. Lower, <laughs> lower body. Yeah, he, that's all he would say. It's like come on, man, it's the end of the season. Who cares? But he just won't say it. He did say it wouldn't take surgery though. So it's more of just him resting. So then they asked him like, well. Let's say, hypothetically, you were still playing and the season was going for another couple of months. Would you be coming back then? Would it be, like, you know, in the next couple of days? Would it be weeks? And he's just like, yeah, I'd be ready. It's kind of a day-by-day thing. Like, whatever. It'll be ready. And it's like, okay. Like, they're just trying to get something out of him and he just wouldn't give anything. So then they asked about the trade when they got Capo Kakinen yeah. from Minnesota. Like, was that hard for you? Because now you're the kind of the odd man out. And he's like, well, no. Like, it was a trade deadline, and and we were pushing for. A he actually said spot. it made sense to him. Right, it made sense because I was hurt, so they needed some a reliable backup because Reimer was playing a lot of minutes and right. he needed a break. So it made sense. So I was kind of like, wow. So to me, uh, knowing, I mean, the trade deadline was in March, I believe. Uh, he knew before the trade deadline, obviously, that he wasn't going to be coming back because he was hurt so much. So it's kind of weird. But it's also now there's a three-headed monster, if you will, in goal. And they're going to have to figure out something. One of them is going to have to get moved. Now, another couple answers was, um, or that he had said was, like, he basically said, I don't really care where I play. Like, I want to play in the NHL. So, to me, I was like, oh, wow. I I think he wants to get moved if he's not going to be able to outplay those other two. Which would make sense if he's if he's not willing to say what the injury is, right? Um, if he doesn't want to disclose, he wouldn't want to say that publicly, right? Yeah. If he's interested in getting moved, now again, this is all just you know conjecture. But that's like, that's a good point because yeah. that could be going. I mean, either way, if someone's going to trade him, they're going to want to. They're going to talk to him anyway. And their yeah. doctors are going to look at him before yeah. they can prove anything. But but at least that gets the team. You get your foot in the door to have that conversation, right? Right. If they hear what the injury is and they just immediately like, well, that's something we don't want to deal with, right? At least you start talking with a guy, then you then you hear what the injury is. Oh, well, maybe we're you know we like him, so let's see if we can work through it. I remember the Sharks gave up the second round draft pick that is this draft. So the Sharks do not have a second rounder because yeah. of that. No, so and, and Graham, see, there you go. I agree <laughs> with you here. I agree with you. Okay, they they did. They gave up a second round pick to get him, a hundred percent. However. Do you honestly think that he is a better goaltender than Reimer? Um, Not Reimer. Or or, or Kakinen. Yeah. It's going to come down between him and Kakinen. And to me, I saw Kakinen get better as he played more. Yeah. I saw him improve more, whereas Hill kind of was like this. Like, there's some games where you're like, wow, he looks great. And then, yeah, Yeah. Hills for Hills. For Hills. Jeez. It's terrible. Sorry. Bad joke. 
Anyway, he wasn't as consistent. Like to me, Capo was a little bit more steady going up. He was more up and down, up and down, and then kept getting hurt. Yeah. So to me, right now, Kapanen is the second goalie on the totem pole behind Reimer. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying they're going to give up on him, and I, and I agree with you on that one. You know, it's it's kind of a weird situation because again, you give up a second round uh, pick to get him, right? Um, at the same time, sometimes you make a move and it doesn't work out, and you just kind of have to cut your losses and you know get what you can for him. So I, now we said three headed monster. Realistically, it's, there's not much of a monster here. They're all fairly decent goaltenders in their own right, but I don't think we're looking at three superstars, and we have to try to figure out which one's going to go. You know, it's. I think any one of these guys gets let go in trade. Um, well, with Reimer, let's say, you get back a good return with Reimer, right? With Capo, it's like you didn't really give up that much to get him in the first place, like Middleton. Middleton. Right? Yeah. Um, but you had a whole bunch of defensemen we just talked about yeah. to, to replace Middleton's role. So getting Capo was like, sweet. If you get something for him, that's just bonus, right? right? Anything you get for Capo is kind of like... You know, just uh, extra uh, cherry on the top. Yeah. So, um, and with Hill, it's like, yeah, you gave up a second, but if he's not the answer, do you ride that train of thought? Well, we gave up a second for him, so we should probably hold on to him. Or do you kind of just say, you know what, what's best for this team, period? That that could come down to the new GM. He's not going to care yeah. they gave up a second round pick. When no, he, he don't there. care. So he'll say, you know what, we'll get a third round pick back for him. They downgraded, you know, whatever, Hill to the Barracuda. Maybe to start the season, um, it's going to depend on his health, and that's if he's still around. So, who knows? Waivers, um, too. Wouldn't he have to go through waivers? Uh, if he starts in the season, no. Oh. If he starts down. But if they pull him up, then you'd have to clear waivers. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, this This whole talk about three-headed monster and everything else, and I've used the term, too, but um, it, it's not as, I guess, dire for me. As maybe we make it sound sometimes when we're talking about right. it, but um, you know, again, either one of them that gets moved, you're going to get, you know, it's going to be a good outcome. If Hill goes, you still got Reimer and Capo. Mm-hmm. If Capo goes, well, okay, great, you're going to get something in return. You still have a good backup in Hill, and your second round doesn't go to waste. If you trade Reimer away, well, then you've got you know the biggest return out of all the goaltenders, in my opinion, right? So no matter what happens there, I think it's still going to be an okay situation for the Sharks, right? And and. Whatever. I, I think um, whoever you move, one of them's going to get moved. To me, this is another example like Brent Burns where a team is going to... Overcorrect. Overcorrect yeah. because their playoff team, maybe their goalie gets hurt and their backup was just not up to the task. And they're going to say, wow, we need a veteran presence. Let's get Reimer yeah. next season so we have a, ba- a viable backup in yeah. the playoffs. I think if a team is is going to overcorrect, like you're saying, and they're going to go to the Sharks and try to get a goaltender, it's not going to be Hill. No. Because Hill was out the entire time. Right. So it's not going to be him. Right. It's going to be a team that was just like, ah, you know, we were we were pretty good. We could use a better backup. We could use an upgrade at the backup position. Right? That's what that's going to be. It's not going to be we lost because we didn't have a, a goaltender that was good <laughs> enough. Let's get Aiden Hill. Like right. That's not going to happen, right? Yeah. So um, that's that's kind of how I, I see the whole thing with the uh, the, the three hundred monster, if you will. So um, again, a, a situation where the new GM is going to have to make that decision. Yeah. So, uh, what is the situation with their goalie prospect at the University of Denver? When is he expected to sign? Ben Goodrow. Uh, he's shutting it down right now. He's he's playing well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing a really good job in that right now. So the last clip I saw, actually, Jonathan Becker sent something out on Twitter, and he was talking about how he was... Where's he playing right now? Denver, wasn't it? I thought, or, I thought they were done. 
He won the championship. He beat out there was Michigan, and then the, no, the no, no, no. That time. that was it. that was Magnus Krona. Oh, sorry. The, oh, nice. so maybe that's who he's talking about. My bad. If he's talking about Krona, my bad. Uh, there's there's a, a goaltender Ben Goodrow, who I think is still playing something right now because uh, oh, Becker man. had sent something out recently showing yeah. him and saying he's locking it down. If you're talking about Krona, yeah, I don't know. That'd be. I mean, that's we have a. NCAA championship winning goaltender right. in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to be excited about in the prospect pool here. For the There's Sharks. a lot to be excited for the Barracuda next season, isn't there? Yes. Guess who became season ticket holders for the Barracuda? Thank you. Um, we're going to get the bomber jackets. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I ordered three large and one medium because I don't know if I'm a large or a medium. So there you go. Medium. Medium. I don't think I'm a small. So you're both small. There. The, the thing is, we've only got three people that we're going to do with the jacket, so I got a fourth jacket. I don't know what to do with the fourth jacket. So, pie in the face. Pie in the face. <laughs> Give away. <laughs> I know. Everyone right now, oh, I want the bomber jacket. No, um, well, maybe we don't we'll even know what they something. look like yet. Yeah, I don't right? know. They didn't show a picture of what it looked like. Yeah, they did. Oh, they did? Yeah. Oh, so, okay, it. so did you guys see the third jersey for the Barracuda? Did you see that one? Not the orange. Okay, one. so it's all black. No, okay. it's, it's like a stealth type jersey, right? right. So uh, what they call it, blackout. Maybe I don't know if you guys know what it's called. Let me know. But it says Cuda in the front, literally just four letters diagonally across the front. Looks kind of weird. Uh, but they're doing that on the back of the bomber. Like how jacket. the lightning did that. Across yeah. The, well, like the Rangers, the like Rangers. Rangers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's C U D A. It's okay. just four letters across the entire front. Cuda. It's like a little weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could have done Barracuda diagonally. It would have been fine. Too many letters. But on the back of the bomber jacket, that's what it is. It's essentially that jersey. You just the front of the jersey is on the back of the bomber jacket. So, so it's we're wearing a backwards jersey, more or less. Yeah, with buttons. So if you wear the bomber jacket with the new blackout style jersey with the bomber jacket open, it's going to be Cuda Cuda on the front of that. <laughs> so there you go. Awesome. Something to look forward to, maybe. I don't know. Uh, regardless, uh, yes, we, we got uh, our season tickets set up, and, and we're good to go. Maybe, I think we can probably do another show where we get a tour of yeah. the arena before it opens. Oh, easily, yeah. Probably this summer. We'll yeah. work on that. We'll do that. We'll do that for sure. Yeah. So this will actually be the last show of uh, for the season, other than the, the last Recap. episode kind of recapping the season. We're going to go back to our... Like episodes of the earlier this season, and kind of see what we kind of did for predictions, and see what we were right or wrong. About. I, I know one thing I was definitely right on, and uh, he's going to pay for it. And I know one thing I was definitely wrong on, and uh, I'm sure my uh, faithful followers here know exactly what I'm talking about already. But if you're not, you'll see in the next episode. I believe there was like a about. guarantee that they would be in the playoffs. There was or something. a guarantee. It was this is my feeling, and I feel strongly about it, and uh, I no longer feel strongly about it. <laughs> Right. Uh, in other sometimes news, you're right, sometimes you're wrong. And just make sure that if you're going to be wrong, that you don't bet a pie in the face. <laughs> there you go. In other news, uh, our fantasy hockey winner. Yo. He's actually in the show today. He, he was, he was uh, sending out messages if he's on there. Um, Graham, uh, his name was Big Game Alexis, but Graham Slam is yeah. his uh, YouTube channel. And he does a lot of scouting. So if you're interested in scouting and some of the prospects that are coming up for the draft... Uh, go check out his channel. Um, it's just just Do look we up have Graham Slam. His? Yeah, it's just search for YouTube for Graham. Search for Graham Slam. So it's his name: G R A H A M S L A M. Get his get his uh, thing up there if you can see it. Anyway, congratulations! He won the fantasy hockey league. Uh, it just concluded today, so uh, he is the winner today, and he's going to get a T-shirt and hat. Oh, as the winner. Nice. So he's very excited about it. Congratulations! Um, so yeah, we'll get that out in the mail too. Maybe we'll send a little. A little something extra in there, too. Oh, okay. Why not? 
It's not going to be the bomber jacket. I'm sorry. Yeah, not the bomber jacket. <laughs> Howdy. There it is. Graham Slam. So look up Graham Slam and you'll you'll check out his uh, YouTube page. Um, next season, yes, for fantasy hockey, mm. we are going to change it to a keeper league, and it's going to be a points league versus a what we were doing with categories head to head. So we're going to have some big changes, and I'm going to get a trophy, a perpetual trophy like my other league has, and get the names engraved on the trophy. So it'll it'll stay on the show, probably be on the set. So we'll have the trophy in the set, and your name will be engraved if you win it. G-rated. G-rated name. Well, it's going to be their actual names, not their team names, if you will. That all that sounds. That all sounds very exciting. I know. Paul's very into fantasy hockey. so um, I did fantasy hockey one time, okay? And you did it in a public league, which is just dumb. With friends of... Well, friends of yours, I think. Is, no. Pretty sure. I was not in that league. No, no, no. It was friends of yours, though. You were in the in the paid league. I was in the free one. I don't remember that league oh, at all. Man. I don't think it was mine. Because you and Joe were in it, Definitely right? his. Wasn't Joe, too? Def- yes, Joe was there. Yeah, okay. And uh, I ended up winning that league because no one really... That's anything. the problem with public leagues. Nobody yeah. they log in to do the draft and then they just and let it go. They just yeah. want to draft. So that was before the days. Now they have mock drafts where you just do a draft and you don't run the team. Like you could practice drafts as many times as you want because people were doing leagues okay. just to do the draft yeah. and then leaving it and not playing. And then there's always like one or two dopes like yourself in the league playing against nobody and going, "I won." But every trade I sent, nobody responded. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> See? So it was annoying. So, so anyway, this league yes. was awesome. Last year I ran two leagues, and it was a nightmare because half the people dropped. So the, the top half of both of those leagues I just combined into one league. Everybody, with minus, maybe the exception of one team, was logged in and very um, engaged. Mm-hmm. And the chat is just crazy on there. So we talk a lot about shark stuff, not just fancy. Like, just it's a lot of sharks. It's a lot of sharks fans. It's all sharks fans. So it's fun. Anyway, cool. we should get Paul. So we're it. we're we're people leaving as fast uh, as they're leaving our our show right now. Nobody likes you. <laughs> Nobody likes you. It's the best comeback ever. Nobody likes you. Uh, get on with it. No, no. Sub to Graham. Oh, there you go, Lundy. There you go. Hey, Graham. Uh, you, you owe us now. <laughs> You got 13, is it 13 now? I don't remember. It was 12, it was 12 before, I think. It's 13 now. Um, we'll see if we jump in there, too. But whatever. Anyway. Uh, anything else? Uh, Super Producer Jason, was there another comment? We don't have the laptop over here, so we're relying on comments popping up magically on the is screen. Our, Yo, appreciate it, Lundy. There you go. Is our show going to be live next week, or are we going to do a recorded one? So I would love to do it live, because I would love to get the reaction when I, think we're gonna I go, do. Bop, like that. Um... But I don't know what to what to me. Yeah. Oh, with the pie. No, I'm just gonna slap you. It's like, what are you talking? Yeah, about? and the pie, <laughs> and the pie. But uh, I would just want to slap you. Oh, what are we oh. doing? Hello. Um, so <laughs> so uh, I, I would love for it to be live. However, again, this is not our set. Oh, um, we wouldn't do it here. We can't do it in no. here. So we would have to figure something out. Um, maybe I don't know if, if I mean, we could record. That doesn't have to be live. We no, we, we could. I I want. Reactions live though. That's the thing. We can maybe we do, do like a premiere. We could do a premiere. Okay, maybe we'll do a premiere. So we'll maybe it'll be a recorded it. show. For those of you who aren't YouTube savvy, which I'm not, uh, we could do a recorded show and then essentially do it as if it's a live by just showing the video and we'll get the live chat reactions and whatnot. Right. So that's what the premiere is. Yes. It's a recorded show with us in the chat room right. talking as 
the shows. I kind of like that better because I want to be in the chat. I'm never in the chat room. I'm always just sitting it's here talking. You're blind and you can't. No, read it. stop it. I'm always here just sitting, you know, talking with folks. But like, I'm never actually, you know, in the chat with everybody. So you could bring your computer. I could, but then we're both sitting here like this. It's ridiculous. Right, and you're going like this. Get on He's gonna hit the button, Aaron. He's gonna hit the button. Gotta be careful. Right. Okay. So uh, I don't think there's anything else. Then we're good. Nope. Okay. There's no games this week. Yeah. There's no more. <laughs> you guys are free. There's no more games. No more games to suffer through. Uh, so I guess that does it then. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Do appreciate all the comments and whatnot. Lundy, thank you so much for the super chat. You're you're a rock star, man. Appreciate you so much. Uh, if you guys want to support the show, you can do the same thing Lundy did with the super chat. You can also do it with Venmo at the Fin Factor on Venmo, um, as well as going to thefinfactor.com. Uh, we have lots of uh, merchandise there. The uh, hats, the the merchandise. Tumblr. I, I don't never know what to call this thing. What it's is called it? a water bottle. Thank it holds you. water. I just, it and holds it's a bottle shape. The bottle thing that he always brings. You can get one of those. You can get the hats. You can get the shirts. You can get the uh, fanny packs, stickers, hoodies. We got lots of stuff on there. So just go ahead and uh, check that out. It's a great way to help support the show as well. Thank you so much for doing that. Again, the best way you can support the show though, hit the retweet button. Hit the share button. We do appreciate that as much as, uh, as the next person who right. does the YouTube show, I suppose. Right. Words elude me. Um, any clearly? Last, any last thing for the people? No, thank you for the for the another fun season. Yeah. This is number five. This season five. No, this four. is four. Yeah, four? season four. 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 Aaron's getting ahead of himself. Well, He's we looking forward two. to season number five because that's going to be the one where the Sharks make the playoffs, guaranteed. They guarantee. Or, or the pie in the face. Is that going to be our new shtick? Probably. Eyes in the face? Yeah. Just every episode. Just, whatever. <laughs> anyway, again, thank you guys. We appreciate all the support you've given us throughout this season. I know the Sharks have been uh, a horrible team to watch, but <laughs> it's been fun being able to sit down with you guys and at least talk. So uh, thank you so much. You guys are what helps make this show great. Other than Super Producer Jason, uh, he helps make the show look great. So uh, thank you, Super Producer Jason, for all that you do as well. so much you can do here, though. I know. It's just, <laughs> He's saying the focus is off like, nah, my face is blurry. Sorry. Uh, okay, all that said and done, thank you again for Super Producer Jason. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. We'll see you guys in a week. Well, yeah, still in a week. So, yeah. there you go. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com, where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.